This episode of Begin the Search was recorded in segments during the third week of April 2020. I had some technical difficulties and also shared some experiences and feelings which were emotional. Therefore, there are a lot of segments, and hopefully if you're listening in the Anchor app, you will be able to ignore those segment titles and just listen to it as an episode in full all the way through. Also, if you feel like an episode gets too long, I know in Spotify and in Anchor you are able to select a different speed so you can play it faster and still enjoy the episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Begin the Search, a podcast inspired by BTS, our favorite South Korean boy band. If you're here because you love BTS and they are your favorites, if not and they are just a cool group that you know about and you enjoy them but they're not your favorites, that's okay too. They are my favorite and that's why I love talking about them and I love to learn more about them every week, every day even, if there's something I can learn And that actually is quite easy because you can find so much information and content about BTS straight from the source every single day online in YouTube and in Twitter. Those are the two best places to find them. Also, they have an official Facebook page. They have an official Instagram. The members themselves do not have personal Facebook accounts that you can follow publicly. So if you find anything in Facebook that's claiming to be one of the members, it's a fan page or a fan account. So don't be fooled by those that are not authentic. Also in Instagram, there are many, many accounts that might claim to be a celebrity, but they are not actually the members of BTS because they only have their one account. So if they have their own personal accounts, they are definitely not going to make it something obvious where it would be easy for fans to find them. And I think that's very smart and I'm glad that they're protecting themselves like that. J-Hope has said before that he likes to watch reaction videos and Yoongi has said before that he likes to see cat videos. And we know that V, Taeyong, is really big on watching um, uh, music videos in YouTube or, (coughs) excuse me, vocal covers. And he is really good at recommending music to us, so he recommends music in V-Lives, and also he's started doing that in Weavers. So I think that's really great that they are engaging with their fans that way. They're engaging with us, and I really appreciate them. I know that we're trying to make sure that they secure the top social, top 50 social artist award for the Billboard Music Awards again this year, and I think it was neck and neck with Justin Bieber for a while, but I think we are ahead. So everybody keep on Uh, Keep BTS fresh and current on your social media and help them out so that they can secure that award. Um, Of course, if the, I don't know when the BBMAs, I don't know, I don't know when they're going to be held. But if it's any time during this COVID-19 pandemic, then we know that they will not be there in person to accept an award. I don't know if such award shows would be postponed or if a lot of it would be done online or what's going to happen. I know you guys came here to listen about BTS, but I do like to talk about other things that um, kind of branch off from the awareness and the opening of my heart and my mind and the way that I'm changing because of BTS. So I really definitely like to bring it back and tie it into things that BTS has helped me with or what they have shown me or things that I've been inspired to do or change because of them. And that is, um, that's just something that 
I guess, I mean, BTS is what, they are what inspired me to make a podcast. And part of the reason is because, I think I already told you, I don't really have people that I can talk with about BTS in real life. And since I love them so much and I'm so fascinated by them and they really did help me a lot last year cheer up and go through my grieving process after losing my mom. They helped me to feel a little bit more confident. They helped me to make goals. March 31st was my mother's birthday. And if you've heard a few of my episodes you in this podcast, you probably heard me referring to my mom a few times how she's probably the reason why I found BTS when I did because I lost her last year just after Valentine's Day. She went into the hospital to get better for some things that were going on for an infection and some other things and the hospital treated her for something but it was not the top priority and we lost her because uh, while they were treating one thing another issue got neglected and we had a chance to sue the hospital for negligence or malpractice but we chose not to because we probably would have had a 50-50 chance of winning and um, I just feel like boy, it's, it's really hard for me to think about this or talk about this. And I think a couple of my siblings feel the same way that I do. I feel like it might've been a good idea to sue, but I don't really want to get into the details of that too much. However, emotions are still raw and I do miss my mom so much because whew, I was thinking about her so much during Bong Bong Con on, um, during like the, the breaks before the next concert would start and during some of the songs, I was thinking about my mom a lot, like during spring day and things like that, or butterfly, <clears throat> you can't help but think about somebody that you love or somebody that means a lot to you or somebody that you miss or somebody who has passed away. I just couldn't help think, but thinking about my mom and <clears throat> whew, she was the one person in my life that always had time for me. My beautiful mother, um, there have been times in my life where I felt like I was never going to be good enough for anybody, whether that was my parents or my siblings or my friends or guys that I was interested in, like guys I had crushes on or even guys that wanted to date me. It seems like people only cared about me conditionally, like it, it felt like people wanted me because I could do something for them. Like people wanted to be friends with me because I could play the piano in high school and I could make them more popular in school by being the person who would play the piano for them during our concerts and during our festivals and stuff. And so I felt I've a lot of times in my life, I felt like people just want to use me for what I can do for them, but that they don't want to um, in return, contribute to my life in some way, but I don't feel like my mom really ever did that. Because I can see BTS in front of my face, on a screen, obviously, or even in pictures in like the photo books, because I have a couple of those now, and um, or I can hear their music, that is just easier for me to feel a connection and an inspiration to somebody who is making me want to be a better person and making me want to change and making me want to not be a selfish human, 
making me want to contribute to things like Namjoon's little, Namjoon's little trees for his birthday. People were planting little forests by the, was it by the Han River? And other people were donating clothes to the homeless and um, things to keep people warm and food. Um, there were all kinds of things that were done in the name of each BTS member as their birthday approached. BTS inspires me to want to reach out and help other people because I'm a person who has needed people in my life and there have been a lot of times when there was no one there for me. I want to be able to be there for someone else. I want to be needed. I want to be somebody who can save another person in some way. BTS is saving me all the time. They save other people. I've seen a couple of YouTube videos where girls from different countries will make a video and they'll say, this is the BTS song that helped me, um, that got me out of my depression enough to save my life because I was considering suicide. The video that I'm referring to, I will not be able to remember the user or the channel name or the nationality of the person, but it seems like she's from a different country somewhere um, near the Middle East or, you know, somewhere over there. Um, and one of the songs that she said made a difference to her was the 21st Century Girl. And I didn't really know the song at the time, but I listened to it because I saw her video. That was last summer, right around the beginning when I first started listening to BTS and watching them. And I just thought, how cool is that? That people in Korea can inspire somebody, can inspire a young woman. I don't know how old she is. Maybe she's my age. Maybe she's in her 20s. I don't know. Maybe she's a college student. Maybe she has been in a career woman. Maybe she's been in a few relationships and um, just hasn't felt loved. Or maybe she just has depression. Sometimes when you have depression, you don't know why you're depressed. You don't know why something will trigger you the way that it does. You don't know why you feel down for as long as you do. You don't know why you suddenly don't have an appetite. Or on the flip side of it, you don't know why you suddenly want to eat everything there is. Mindlessly eating, just eating to eat because you're trying to drown your feelings in the food. Distracting you enough by crunching and munching and or flavors, or just being busy, or that hand-to-mouth movement. Um, a lot of times we don't know why we're anxious. We don't know exactly what we're worried about. So this person, this beautiful person, I'm saying beautiful because I'm talking about her soul. I don't know what she looks like physically. But for her to be affected by guys in Korea who are writing music about 21st century girl, you are enough. You are perfect. You're worth it. All these wonderful things. like, And that affected me. And I'm over here in the United States. So, you know, already there's three different countries. Wow. It's just... It's really... It's monumental what these guys are doing. Forgive me. It's just huge what they're doing. And at first, I don't think they even knew what 
uh, how could they have known what was going to happen? How could BTS know what an impact they were going to have? There's no way they could have known because when they started, they were young boys with a dream. One thing I saw after the concerts, uh, towards the end of each concert during Punk Punk Con, I'm not saying it right and I'm kind of sounding like sniffling now because I've been crying, but they were talking about how they, what their dream was at first and when they realized that they wanted to be a singer or a dancer. And I loved watching that so much. I didn't know how desperately some of them wanted to be singers. Anyway, they all had these dreams or what they could picture themselves doing as a career to earn money. And, but then inside themselves, they had the dream to become a sensation on stage. They just wanted to be doing music or being on stage. They wanted to perform. And I never understood that as far as like when I was little, I wanted to be a ballet dancer. I was never dreaming of the stage when I was dreaming about dancing. I was never dreaming about doing it professionally. I just wanted to be, this is going to make me cry again. I, excuse me, I just wanted to be in a studio in a leotard and skirt and shoes and I wanted to be dancing. I didn't care about how much it cost or about flashy costumes or, you know, having a program like if you were to go to an auditorium or a beautiful theater and having your parents come and watch you and having them get a program and find their seats and wait to see their daughter dancing. I didn't care about any of that at first. I just wanted to be in the studio dancing. <laughs> you guys, I have the ability to edit all of this out. But I don't want to because I want to reach people. If there are some people who are out there who feel similar to what I feel, maybe it's not dancing that you wanted to do. Maybe it's something else and you never got to do it. If you feel like life passed you by, if you feel like it's too late for you to start, or to get anywhere. Oh, I mean, I understand. When I heard Black Swan and I read the lyrics for the first time, that, that hit me so deeply. And to be honest with you, when I first heard the song, I didn't really like it. I, without knowing what the words were, without knowing what the lyrics meant, I thought that it was a song that just had a lot of auto-tune and kind of a, a jamming, chilling beat uh, with a lot of auto-tune on just about every person I, I remember in the, in the group. Um, and I got kind of 
frustrated by it. I was like, why are they auto-tuning these beautiful voices? They don't need to do that. And why, why is it like this for the whole song? And why are they saying, saying, do your thing, do your thing? And why are they saying, yeah, 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 so much? And why are they saying, nah, 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 so much? And then, um, it just seemed like a lot of re repeated words. And I was like, at first, and I'm, I'm really sorry if I'm offending anyone. And actually I am offending myself by thinking this as I'm thinking back on it. Because I think, how dare you, to myself, <laughs> thinking this, like, how dare you judge the song like that without knowing what it was? And I didn't know, I just, I didn't know at first, but when I listened to it and I uh, read the lyrics and then I, wow, that musical, sorry, that music video, the MV that came out that shocked us all because we didn't know it was coming, <sighs> that is such a powerful piece of art to me. And the words, talking about if I couldn't dance, oh, it's just, it hits me really deeply. And I'm, I'm, I'm a lot older than age 13, but that's the age that I go back to in my mind of the first time that my heart was broken. <laughs> because... We finally had a really good ballet teacher, and my parents were finally driving us to ballet every week. I got cut off because I my phone is so overloaded. I'm recording on my phone, and it is so overloaded with pictures of BTS. <laughs> I have hundreds of pictures of BTS. And I need to put them on my computer because um, there are so many that I want to use for painting inspiration. I want to learn how to draw people and faces and all different types of profiles. And I just love their jaw lines and like their, you know, the. I just love how they look. So I really need to make some more space on my phone. I don't know how much recording time I have left, so I'm just going to try to pick up where I left off and yes I was crying before so now kind of that moment that the mood is gone um, I'll just keep on telling you what I was saying but basically when I went to that ballet class I mean I would have loved to go every day or several times a week but my parents could only afford to send me and my sisters once each week for one hour and it was about a 40 minutes drive to get there. And um, they, anyway, the teacher, I talked to her and I think she asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I said, I want to dance ballet, but I'm afraid because I think it's too late for me because I'm starting so late. I was 13 years old and I turned 13 and was super excited when a few weeks after my birthday, she said, you, I want you and your sister to stay after class and I want this other girl to stay after class because I'm going to start offering a pre-point training for you guys so that you can get your ankles and your legs really strong to, and learn balance so that you can handle point shoes in, in another month or so. And she said she wasn't going to charge my parents any extra money for this pre-point class. And I was so excited, and I went home and I told my sister, guess what, we're going to get toe shoes. We're going to get toe shoes. And 
just like one month or so and like I mean to me it was one month and so my sister and I we practiced at home and my parents had a ballet bar I don't know why actually they I mean it was my grandma's so it was my grandma's house before she passed away and we lived in the house so there was a ballet bar there but there was a ton of other exercise equipment in this small space and so if we wanted to access the bar we really could not do very much on it and um, but we could stand next to it and we could practice our balance and things we could practice our plies and our port bras and all that and look in the mirror and it was not a full-length mirror but it was like from the waist up it was really a nice mirror that was very long and my sister and I would practice and I just inside myself I was like there's nothing more I want to do than this my teacher thinks that I'm ready to get point shoes. It was like my dreams coming true. A um, little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. And then, I don't even remember if it was my mom. Probably my mom who told me. She said, girls, we can't afford ballet anymore. And I had just told my teacher after class, I had said... I think it's too late for me because I started so late in life and my teacher said, guess what? It's not too late. Because I was 21 when I started and I was shocked. I was like, how can anybody start at age 21? You, ha you, need, to, you need to train early. You need to get your body conditioned and learn all these things. And But she did. She started age 21 and she studied it in college and she... I don't know if she ever was professional on the stage, but she had a studio. She was doing the things that I wanted to do because, remember, at the time, I wasn't thinking about performing on stage. And so I just felt really inspired by her, and I felt like, this is the teacher I need. This is the teacher that's going to motivate me and help me feel like I can do it because if she can do it in almost 10 years uh, older than my age, then I can do it. And I went home feeling so full of joy and anticipation and practicing every chance I could get and then my parents told us we don't have the money anymore to take you guys to dance lessons and I don't remember everything but inside myself I was thinking why can't you take at least me if you if you can't afford everybody because two of my sisters or maybe three were taking I think maybe even our brother was taking lessons I was thinking Let's just find out which of us kids are desperate to, to continue. Which ones want it the most? Can you just afford to pay for those of us who want it the most? And I don't remember if I had the courage to ask my mom if she could consider that. Except I do remember hearing, well, it's not just the money. It's the travel. It's the wear and tear on the car. It's the time that we have to spend driving to there, driving there, and then waiting there, and then hearing that this next class was coming up, and then the price of point shoes was coming up, and we just, we know that we can't afford it anymore, and you guys, my heart broke, and I really do feel like something inside me just died that day, like, it sank, it sank to the depths of despair that day, and then my dad, he was very skilled in chiropractic work and in holistic health medicine and looking into someone's um, medical history and finding out why does your body hurt why you know why does this not work in your body or different things and he met a guy who 
um, wanted to learn about vitamins and supplements and nutrition. And that guy and his wife were karate instructors. And so instead of paying for services, paying for my dad's treatments and um, his consultations and his prescriptions on vitamins and things, um, he said, can I pay you with karate lessons? And suddenly my parents were just thinking, oh, this is great because we can still have our kids in athletics. We can still have them doing an organized sport or art and we won't have to pay for it now because this is something that we already have. We have the time for it. That guy could come at night. Um, he came in the evening and he would do a treatment and my dad would do a consultation and then they would teach us in our house because we had a really big room in our house. I remember the carpet was really unattractive, yellow, orange, and brown. But I just remember being out there and kind of watching and going to my sisters and my brother thinking, how can this be good enough for you? You guys are having fun doing this. This is your replacement for ballet. I just felt so devastated. And I'm like, I have no interest in this karate. I wish I had at the time because I would have learned a lot. I would have had discipline. I would have had, um, like in my mind, you know what I mean? Like I was a good kid. I obeyed my parents. Um, I got good grades and stuff like that, but I would have had self-discipline. I would have had like that inner strength that comes with like you know what I mean? Like the, the breathing and tapping into your, your chi or whatever it's called and having your energy and having everything like you, you, you get to be really strong. Your muscles can be really strong and firm. And I should have taken advantage of that, but I was so bitter and hurt by not being able to do ballet that I completely avoided all of it. And each one of my siblings took karate and most of them uh, advanced through several several belt colors and levels and I never did going back to black swan that video and hearing the guys and seeing them dancing and man it just holds so much meaning so I really wanted to reach out to you guys anyone who has felt like your dream was taken away from you anyone who feels like it's too late for you I'm back after having some technical difficulties and losing a lot of the recording that I had prepared for this podcast episode. So I'm sorry, but two days have already gone by since that time and I wasn't able to recover any of the the rest of the recording. So I wanted to thank you guys if you have made it this far in the episode and if you have listened to my story about having a broken heart, about ballet, and I think that I may have shared some of that information a little bit out of order, kind of going back and forth, jumping through the time, the timeline of my life, but hopefully you could at least see or understand the sentiment behind what I shared, and also see, even though it might seem kind of silly for someone who's already an adult, who's been through some things, to cry about something that happened in my early teenage years, hopefully you can still also understand the the sincerity of the human heart and how we really shouldn't be judging anyone or suggesting that people's feelings don't matter when it comes to following your dreams. Now, I spent some time in Twitter this morning after... <laughs> Our beloved Yungi came on a 
YouTube Live, and he painted the beginning of his, I, I guess it's his first picture, I don't know, because I saw someone say that he had actually painted another time, but I don't know anything about that other time, if there is one. Going by that being his first painting, I was reading some Twitter threads, and I wanted to share what I read. Um, I follow several translators, so I really enjoy those people for, I really appreciate them and enjoy their Twitter feeds for how much they translate and how hard they work and how quickly they work to get us the meaning of what our beloved BTS members are saying in their posts and in their videos and in Weavers and everything. Someone said after, so I'm talking about two different things, so I'll put a pause on talking about the YouTube painting video and I'll talk about the KKUL Honey FM Shoop D audio only, <laughs> voice only um, V Live that he did this morning. But someone said, I needed this, Yoongi. You are always there for me. To all armies who have given up on their dreams, we can be happy again. Trust Yoongi. And this person is, I can't, it's a screenshot, so I won't be able to see all of their name, their Twitter name, but it's at R-I-T-U-199 at Ritu something. So that came after someone had been talking about how Yoongi is a really good listener, and how an army had said that they had to give up their dream. And Yoongi's answer, or his response to this is, I'm not aware about what kind of situation you were in, but I think you must have had great courage. Even a daring abandoning of your dream it takes a huge deal of courage. You've been through a lot. You've done well. Fighting. Oof. Even now, and two days later, after I filmed, after I recorded that first part for you guys talking about the experience of giving up on my ballet dream, I didn't give it up. I felt that I had it taken away from me, and I didn't feel like it was ever an opportunity for me to pursue again. So I guess, I guess if you don't do whatever you can to fight for your dream and try to make it work no matter what, no matter if you don't have the funds, find a way. If you don't have transportation, find a way. If your body isn't healthy enough, find a way to get healthy so you can do the thing that you love. I guess I didn't try hard enough because in my life I did not have another opportunity or I didn't fight to make another opportunity because I just didn't know how to do that. But this person's, this person here, this army saying I gave up on my dream, I understand what that feels like. And other people had come on replying to that, saying, this hit me right in the heart, I feel like I'm going to cry. And uh, people saying, Yoongi understands, he gets it, he doesn't act superior, he's a really good listener. It's really amazing how, how much love and comfort people got from Yoongi's audio this morning. He, I, I really love that he kept his promise. I really love that he gave us a clue that he was going to be coming on and answering questions or addressing things that people wanted to mention to him. He came on V Live the next day. So I really appreciate him for keeping his word. I really appreciate that he followed through. It's just amazing. And when I watched that, him painting, I watched the video the first time. I watched it with a smile on my face the whole time. I watched it with like 
just that feeling of, um, like I felt exhilarated. I felt elated. Are those even the right words? I don't know. But I felt like, I just felt really happy and peaceful watching it. I felt like I could watch him scrape paint down a canvas for hours. And even when he was away from the canvas and going over to his stand or his table, wherever he had kept the supplies, and you couldn't even see what his hands were doing, but you could just see him looking down and hear some, like, clinking, tinkering around sounds and things like that, and then he'd go back to the canvas with more paint on the brush. Even that was comforting, and, like, when he would step towards that table, we couldn't see his hands, and we couldn't see the prep work that he was doing and mixing the colors and everything. That was still comforting. It felt like he was even closer at that point. It felt like he was so close, like... You know what I mean? Like, close in proximity. It was wonderful to see how strong he is, where he can squat down for a long time. And as he got lower and lower and lower, I was thinking about how my knees would get tired, my calves would get tired, my ankles would get tired, my back would get tired, my neck. And he, there he was, just painting and painting and painting, <laughs> scraping that paint down and making sure that it covered the canvas the way he wanted. And endlessly going back to the paint and getting more on his brush and then taking the smaller brush and filling in the areas that he wanted more and seeing how whatever it is that he planned on creating was taking shape or you know it was it was being composed like a music piece in front of our eyes on this canvas and then so today to see the translated video posted by Bangtan Subs. Thank you so much to the Bangtan Subs team, the ones that worked on it. They put their names in there in the beginning of the video, so I have no idea if they listen to my podcast, but whether they do or not, just so you guys can know, there are people behind that. There, There's a team of people, and their names are Denise, Aditi, and Faith, Victoria, and then a user named XO. XPXD. And so I just want to thank them again. I thank them on the video in the comments. But I just want to thank them again for making what he said in that painting video available and accessible for my ears and my mind to understand in English words that I understand. And I read a lot of comments of people making jokes, like loving, lovingly making jokes, people saying, I just watched this man's back for an hour and he said nothing. And other people saying, um, I'm watching him scraping paint down a canvas for an hour. Yes, I'm watching it a second time. I watched it the first time without him saying anything, and I'm watching it again basically without him saying anything. So I get where people are saying he didn't say anything, but let me point out that he actually said a lot during that. And these are the things that he said. So this is what stands out to me, although everything felt very relevant and very... Um, meaningful to me. These are the things that really stand out. So he said, I get why people enjoy painting. It's really calming. He says it's really quite fun. What did he say? He said, I know I took a picture of it. I took a screenshot of it because I really wanted to remember what it was. Uh, he says, this is quite fun. And I was wondering before I saw the subs, before I saw the English translations, I was wondering if he was getting tired of it. I was wondering if his shoulders were aching. I was wondering if he was regretting choosing to do the, this painting for us. 
on YouTube Live and wondering if he was starting to get antsy, thinking about what he had to do next, or if he was hungry or tired or anything like that. And then this just confirmed, reading reading the subs, confirmed that he actually enjoyed that very much. And he was only aware of the time because he had another event or appointment that he had to get to. So I feel that he would have stayed longer. I can't speak for him, of course, but I feel like he would have stayed longer and continued to work on his painting if he hadn't had to be somewhere. And he did kind of indicate this a little bit. The things that hit me and tugged at my heart the most, <laughs> a couple different things. As he's painting, he says, we should have been on tour right now. <sighs> he says, we can't perform right now. So I'm basically, he says I'm painting because I have more time now. And so I just wanted to really focus on this next part. Besides him saying that it's enjoyable, it's calming, and it's fun, he says, I'm approaching this painting the way I do music, just seeing where it leads me. And I'm studying a lot of things I didn't get to in the past, making the most of my time. I wanted to take up new challenges, so I'm trying out painting too. I think that's just great, you guys. And that's kind of what I was talking about in my last episode was find out what you love to do besides following BTS and besides encouraging them and sharing them on social media so that they can be played more and they can get more recognition and receive the awards they deserve. Um, just try to focus on yourself as well because life is short. We don't know how long each of us has and try to find out what you love to do. And we're not artists who got their concerts canceled, their their big tour canceled, who suddenly found out that we had a whole bunch of time because of this pandemic. We are not in that situation, but we're still humans. We still have time. We still have a body and a mind. We still have hands, hopefully, that work. We still have goals and things that we would like to do. We have a bucket list. We have dreams. We have things that we'd like to accomplish or things that we would like to try or things that maybe just didn't seem like the right timing before, but now maybe it is the right timing. And therefore, I would love to hear a lot of us, um, if anyone wants to reach out to me, I would love to hear that you are working on something that you've always wanted to do. And I think it's amazing. And I think that Jungi set a wonderful example of this by showing us that you can pursue something that you didn't get to do before when you suddenly when you suddenly find that you have time and I just knocked on the wall because the birds were getting really noisy and then he says here was it too bold of me choosing a size 100 canvas for my first painting he's taller than this canvas but this will be a really nice size piece in someone's home or office or studio or in a gallery somewhere and I saw in the comments people on YouTube, people saying how how many millions this would be worth and how people would pay for it just to be like, just to be what he, 
what it was when he finished the video because he said it's not done. He said he's going to work on it from time to time and when he does complete it, he will give it a title and then he will share the finished product with us. And I know there's so many of us that is going that are going to be very excited to see that. But the point was that people were saying right then, as it was, with the black and the blue colors and the scraped paint, you know, and not a whole lot of shapes in it and not a whole lot of discernible shapes or edges or anything. Um, people were saying that that was amazing just as it is because it's Yungi and how five or more than five million people had watched it. And I mean, I can't remember which e which MV I was watching yesterday, but the MV had only had two million views already. It was one of their songs. I really wish I could remember which one. It might have been Save Me. Two million views. And then he comes on and he paints a canvas, setting up the backdrop for whatever image or whatever portrait or scene that he might be creating on this over time. And five million people have watched it in the, the past 40 hours, 30-something 30, 30 hours. So that's a testament to how much people love Min Yoongi, how much people admire him, and no, it's not too bold of him to choose such a large canvas. You know what? That's just like him, to do something bold. He has been doing bold things for years. Uh, how old is he now? Is he 26 or 27? I'm not sure exactly how old he is. I know his birthday, but I don't know his birth year, and I don't know how that compares to the the Asian calendar, or however you say it uh, properly, I'm not sure how to say it. Hopefully there's no disrespect that I'm saying, but um, for more than 10 years, he has been doing things that are bold. He's been behaving in a way that shows that he is willing to take a chance. He's willing to take time and energy on something that may or may not succeed. We know that he was selling his mixtapes when he was much younger. I heard that he was selling them for 50 cents to anyone hoping that they would listen to him. He had things to share, he had things to express, and he found out that he wanted to be a producer. Uh, when he was much younger, he thought he might want to be an architect, but you know, just knowing that, knowing that he might want to be an architect, I wonder if some of that's going to come out in his paintings as well, and I do hope that we will be blessed enough to see a lot of his artwork over the next few years, or over the span of his life. I think it would be so awesome if he had a gallery someday. I would travel wherever his gallery was to see it. I definitely would. And also people were talking about how they wish that he would put it in the mail and send it to them. You know, that's a really sweet thought to be able to receive one of those, one of his paintings, something that he made and spent a lot of his time on and put his heart and his soul into it, just like he puts in his music. But even more than that, can you imagine how happy and how grateful and humbled and touched his own mom would be if he gave her his first painting if he doesn't choose to keep his first painting and he gives it to his mom, can you guys imagine how that would make a mother feel? What a beautiful thing if he does choose to give it to her. And then what if she says no? 
Son, you keep it. It's your first one. Can you imagine that? Well, of course we have no idea. We won't be there. We won't likely be privy to anything that happens. If he does choose to share anything about the experience of whatever he does with his paintings, uh, we're going to be so happy and grateful, obviously. But can you imagine if he already has in his mind who he's going to give it to or what he's going to do with it? What if he's going to give it to Nam June, who absolutely loves paintings and art? What if he's going to give it to Tay, who also loves art? Let me go back to reading some of the screenshots that I made from the Bangtan Subs video of Yungi painting. He says, I feel like this will become a great hobby of mine. And that was after he had already been squatting down, getting the lower areas of the canvas for more than like 20 minutes, half an hour. And that was me like wondering, is he getting tired? Is he, you know how you work on something and you're like, oh, I need to stop doing this. I'm getting sick of it. Or I need to go do something else. Or I would be fine if I never saw this again for a month because I've worked on it so hard and I don't want to look at it anymore. You know, I was just wondering what he was thinking about. And here he says, I feel like this will become a great hobby of mine. He says, I've never tried painting before. So this feels rather new. And then he tells us this gem, he says, my mother paints. I loved that. I was like, that hits me hard. He says, my mother paints. And then he says, these are all my mother's brushes and things. And I'm like, oh, because at first I was like, did Big Hit staff go and buy him a bunch of painting equipment and give him that apron and set up the room for him and all that stuff? He tells us there's a personal connection to it. And they're his mother's brushes, you guys. She has painted pictures already with those things. That's really, really tender. And if he's ever sat there and watched her paint when he was younger or on vacations or during breaks, and that means that he's seen her use those brushes and those things. And maybe even that apron, unless she gave him that apron and it was brand new, or maybe it was one of hers she used and she gave it to him. And maybe he's thinking, oh, I'll give this back to you when I'm done. And she's like, no, keep it. You know, I can just imagine a, a variety of different things that may have gone on, but it's not my business, obviously. But at the same time, because I am a person who is widely driven by emotion, I can just imagine different scenarios that fill up the heart and make make something feel really meaningful and tender and happy. And these days, I'm looking for that feeling a lot, so, so that's why it hits me harder. And also the fact that I am a mother. Also the fact that I do have creativity and the fine arts inside of me that I I could do some of it. I mean, I, I painted my very first painting last year in January during the weekend of Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. My sisters and I went on a retreat and we ended up being stuck in a cabin with the power uh, gone out. The electricity went out, so we had no heat um, and we had to pile up in blankets and all that stuff. Um, and we, I mean, we were in the dark for a while, but then during the day we could see without needing the lights, but then at nighttime we had lanterns and flashlights and things. But when the electricity came back on, we all sat around a table and we looked up pictures on our phones to get inspiration. I didn't know about BTS at the time. And so since I really love dolphins and whales, especially orcas, and humpback whales, but I also love dolphins a lot. I found a dolphin picture that someone else had 
painted or made on the computer or something, and I use that as inspiration. So that picture is hanging in my house. I didn't give it away to anybody. I did consider giving it to someone, but I decided it's my first one and I would like to keep it. And I have not wanted to paint my entire life, so it's not like something that is really, really deeply affecting me where I'm feeling this sense of accomplishment, you know? But at the same time, it really is. I mean, it does make me feel, like, accomplished because I didn't know anything about painting, and now, and now I know a little bit. So the next screen over, he says, I took a small crash course from her, meaning from his mom, learning how to do this. And so what I imagine then is how she must have told him either something about like the edging and the, the lighting and the fading and the blending and how to do it. And of course, when you're painting, unless you're doing something like a crosshatch design or, you know, crisscross type design, I don't know all the words, but for the most part, if you're doing sky or cave walls or water or something, you're not going to want to go in all different directions. If it's water or rain, you're going to want to show the direction of it, and it's very consistent, and it's going to come down from above somewhere. And if it's a horizon, you're probably going to go from side to side, from left to right, over and over and over again on that canvas, or left to right, right to left. As long as you're going side to side like that, it's going to create a really nice backdrop for whatever scene you're creating. And so the fact that he was scraping down, for the most part, and brushing down was pretty interesting. So it makes me think that it is something where maybe it's an outdoor scene or... I don't know. I just picture that it's an outdoor scene. I would be curious to hear what you guys think it might look like. Of course, it could change a lot by the time we're done. And then also, he was saying that the color is not the same in real life, what he's seeing there, as what he saw on the screen. And then he says this part about the concert again. He says, I don't think I'd be painting if I were performing, right? And this picture that I took of this on the screen, he's smiling when he says this, you guys. So, oh, that gave me chills. Think about it for a minute. If they were in California right now, kicking off their very for first leg of the tour in the United States, performing for us songs from Map of the Soul, Persona N7, he wouldn't be painting right now. And you see how many people got touched by his painting video already. Five million views. Not every single one of those people loves him, I'm sure. I'm sure there are haters, but as I'm talking about this, I just feel so warm. I feel like, I feel warm all over. I'm telling you that what I see right now, he's saying, I don't think I'd be painting if I were performing. And he's smiling. This guy, this producer Suga, this Minyungi is smiling and saying this. And then in my head, I'm thinking, find the silver lining, find the bright patch in the clouds. And then the very next thing he says is, let's look on the bright side. And then he continues painting. He says, you've just got to do it. And thank you, Bangtan Subs, because I, I didn't know what he was saying. I saw that he had made a comment and laughed or chuckled a little bit, but I didn't know what it was. And then just for fun, I took a screenshot of this. He says, I wonder what people who actually do art are thinking right now. <laughs> thinking, that's not how you do it. And he laughed at that too. 
I mean, you don't have to do something a very the very same way as everyone else does. There are many ways of going about art. There are many ways of doing everything. You know, there are many ways of doing math. There's many ways of doing your hair, your makeup, your uh, making a recipe, cleaning your house, raising a family, training pets. You know, there's many ways to do things. And then he says here, I have a feeling I'll be painting often. That just fills me with so much... I just feel happy. I feel happy for him. I feel happy for BTS members to be doing their hobbies. I feel happy for his family. I feel happy for us. I feel happy for anyone who might be presented with a gift of one of his paintings. I think all of us are aching with BTS right now that they're not able to be here in our country and be here in California at the Levi Stadium performing for all of us and showing us what they've prepared and showing us their hard work and all of their love. And so my friend actually, she has tickets as well. And she texted me a little bit ago and asked me how I was doing and told me that she's having a hard time today. And I had actually forgotten that today was the day for the concert. And I think the reason why is because of last week, I think I could just feel it coming up every single day, creeping up on us, like, <sighs> April 25th is almost here, it's next weekend when they would be in California, it's next weekend when they would be in our country and they would be sharing us their songs and we would get to see them performing their new solos for the first time, I would get to see Shadow live, Woo! that whole thing just gives me, oh my goodness, like, not chills, but like... Um, have you ever felt it where you like get an, a buzz of energy all the way through your body without, without anything provoking it? It's like, you just feel it like tingly from head to toe. I just felt it mostly in my head and my upper body. But anyway, um, seeing Shadow live and seeing Filter, I can picture Jimin using some Latin dance moves in his solo, in the choreography, and I, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be so fun to see that and we will get to see it you guys so don't lose hope and just wait for it because it's going to be worth it and then seeing Jin have his first upbeat solo wow that's going to be so fun and well there there's a there's an element of sadness in a lot of their solos <sighs> some more than others but Jin's being upbeat is is definitely going to be something new for us and then seeing Tay singing inner child live oh that is going to be a really really sweet experience mm. and i wonder if they're going to be doing slides or anything pictures of all the bts members or of just hey or maybe who knows they could surprise army and they could ask army for some pictures of them as children and put them up there on the on the <sighs> the screens who knows what they're going to do but no matter what it is it's going to be special even if it's just lights even if it's just effects it's going to be very special and it's going to be a great experience to hear those guys singing live and seeing pers seeing persona live and then seeing my time live is going to be <sighs> boy because i can barely listen to my time or inner child without crying. I can barely listen to shadow without crying. 
And then, of course, ego. How much of a joy that is going to be. And can you even imagine? Even people at the concerts in wheelchairs, anyone who can move is going to be moving for that song. Heads are going to be moving. Hands are going to be moving. Feet are feet. <laughs> feet are going to be moving. Oh my goodness, it's going to be a very joyous time. And then, of course, seeing them perform We Are Bulletproof the Eternal for the first time, I'm not even sure there's going to be a dry eye. I just don't know if there's going to be anyone who can physically not cry during that, unless there's like someone who has no tear ducts and medically, physically cannot do it. But that's going to be quite the experience. Of course, hearing Zero O'Clock and seeing them perform that, that is going to be such a tearjerker as well. And part of the reason why it's such a meaningful song for me is the words, and you're going to be happy. I think if you've listened to very many of my episodes, you can hear that there are elements of sadness in what I've shared with you in my life. And there's not been a whole lot of happiness at times in my life. I I won't discount or deny that there has been happiness, though, because I have been blessed in many ways, even though it might seem hard to recognize it sometimes. But I definitely don't want to ignore the fact that I have been happy at times in my life. Now, I know I've been jumping around from topic to topic, and I wanted to share the... Uh, the rest of what Yungi was saying, even though people didn't think he was talking in his painting video, I just wanted to share the rest of that. So I'm sorry I kind of got steered away from that for a few minutes, but let's come back to it. So where he had said, "What is? was it too bold of me choosing a size 100 canvas for my first painting? Thank you again to the Bangtan subs for telling us that the standard size 100 canvas is... 162 centimeters by 130 centimeters. Now, Yungi is taller than this canvas, it looks like, even though that it is slanted away from the wall a little bit, of course, so it won't fall over. Well, there were some comments where people said, um, a masterpiece is making a masterpiece, and we get to watch it. And then someone else said, when you already know all the different times when he's going to talk in this video, but you still couldn't skip any parts of the video. Someone else says, who needs sound as long as it's Yungi? He's passionate about what he's doing. And then there are many of those people who plan many things to do, but randomly are lying on their couch watching this video, and I'm one of them, lol. That's cute. Someone says, I'm trying to figure out what Yungi wants to draw, but it's just blue, blue. Um, someone says, he's got nearly 500, or sorry, 5 million views for painting a portrait blue for an hour and he was barely talking. This is the sheer power of Shuga. Yeah, these are really great, you guys. Of course, we all thought his sneeze was super adorable and cute. Um, <laughs> this is the most satisfying video I've watched in a while. Yungi's back is cute. Aw, that's a really sweet comment by Jovel Reyes. That's cute. And he made that scrunch face at the end. Someone else put down all of the times when he does talk. But you know what? I mean, watching through the whole thing, it is. It's comforting. It's 
relaxing, it's soothing, it is uh, mesmerizing. It's kind of like when you have a, an aquarium of fish, like a tank of fish in your house, and you turn all the lights off and the only light is coming from that fish tank. You know, it's kind of like that. It's really comforting. There's something about it, and you can just almost get hypnotized watching fish just swimming around and around and around in their tank. If you put music on while you're watching fish, it is really, really, it just, like, it pulls you out of your mind, out of things that you're worried about, and you can just watch for a very long time. I think, wow, if every single person had access to, like, a jellyfish tank where you could just go and watch jellyfish and listen to music in that dim light and just watch them, that would be really therapeutic. And then also watching snowflakes falling that's really therapeutic as well. If you have all the lights off in your house and all you see is like a street lamp or a patio or porch light outside and the snow is coming down straight down like bigger flakes softly and making no sound at all and how sparkly it is that's really comforting. There's something about it. Now I want to also mention V's live. V's V live. <laughs> Tay's live. He came on and he said that he was doing a a radio FM, what did he call his? It was like 613 or something like that. But he had a microphone and he would sing a little bit to some of the songs. He would like harmonize or just like copy, sing in unison with some of the songs. And then at one point he played the keyboard that was in there. He played, I think, is it called uh, Scotch and a Soda? Da, 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 da. What's it called? Two Somethings and a Soda? Why do I not know the name of that song all of a sudden? Anyway, it's the one that goes, um, da, 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 bum, bum. Wow, why do I not remember it? Anyway, he played that and he tried to play a wedding march. And when people asked him what the other members are doing, he said that they are all happily pursuing their own hobbies or things. Or maybe that was in Weavers. Um, yeah, that was in Weavers when he said that. People are asking, what are the other members doing? And he's like, they're all spending time on their hobbies. And I think we all need to hear that. We need to see that. We need to know that they're okay and that they're doing things and they're not just lying in bed depressed, eating a bunch of chips or ice cream, <laughs> which is what I did after my divorce. I read fan fiction about Josh Groban and I ate ice cream, lots of it. And I watched every version of Pride and Prejudice videos, movies that I could get my hands on. And I cried a lot, and I really wish that I had done something else with my time. Everyone grieves differently. So, I wanted to talk more about Punk Punk Con and how I felt about it. Um, I think I said on Twitter, but I probably didn't say it here, is that I watched it alone and that I danced a lot, and I jumped around a lot, and I had the, the only light on in my house was the TV. And I turned it up as loud as I wanted, and I cheered, clapped, waved at them, and did the Korean heart, finger heart, and the big, the big heart that you do, like when you put your whole arms over and touch the top of your head. Is what is that called? Making a heart? I don't know. And then I was hoping that they would do a heart event, and they did. Right? They did. Jin did the heart event on his hat, on his beanie. <laughs> he made everyone laugh after almost all of them were crying, and yes, I was crying too. I really loved the HYYH tour. 
the concert that they shared with us. I enjoyed the Red Bullet, but unfortunately I fell asleep about a third of the way through that because it was on in the middle of the night for me in my area. And then I missed Third Muster because I was still asleep. And I missed whatever concert came after that. So I missed about two and a half or a little bit more than two and a half of the events that were on the first night. And then the second night I stayed up for everything. I was determined that I'm not falling asleep. I'm not missing any of this. I'm going to dance with them when they dance. I'm going to copy their choreography. I'm going to cheer. I'm going to clap. I'm going to sing whatever parts of the songs I know. And I'm going to enjoy this as if it were a real concert. And that is the only reason why I think that I was okay with the fact that today is supposed to be the BTS concert tour that I was going to go to. And the fact that I even forgot that today was supposed to be that day. Mart I mean, April 25th. And I took a text from my friend who was also supposed to be going today to remind me that it got canceled or postponed. And what I feel like the reason that I am really okay about it instead of crying in a bunch of sadness and disappointment is the fact that I've been thinking about how the BTS members must be feeling right now and how they have felt ever since their first concerts got cancelled in Seoul. And thinking about how Namjoon keeps on saying that he's angry and he's sad and he said he yelled and it must be very depressing and very disappointing for them how hard they work to present this, the concert for us, to bring us their music and their dance and their joy and their love on this tour. And I don't know how many people the Levi Stadium can accommodate, but if anyone's listening who was going to go to that tour, I'm with you guys. Hugs to you and love to you and we're in this together. Also, um, what's I going to say about it? Oh, yeah, just, just the fact that they've been giving us so much content already. BTS has been giving us... Um, V lives. They've been giving us Weverse posts. They've been giving us Twitter posts, and mostly the V lives and the YouTube lives. It's just felt like it's filling up those holes in our hearts, and the the, the places that I had reserved for disappointment are ta being taken over by Yoongi painting something. And later on tonight is when I'm going to be listening to his audio only, his voice only. V Live, where he answers people's questions. And um, one thing that stands out from the comments I saw on Twitter about that is that I, it looks like he says he's studying psychology and philosophy, and he wants to be able to come to people, I mean, sorry, he wants to be able to help his friends when they talk to him and when they're having a hard time. He wants to be able to make his friends feel better. And so he wants to actually get a license. So I'm going to find out the exact context of that when I watch it tonight. I'm going to wait until my kids are in bed so that I can fully pay attention to it. And I can promise you I'm going to love it. So I know this episode was very Yoongi-centric. Uh, Yoongi I'm hoping that I mentioned everybody, but I'm not sure that I mentioned all of the BTS members. So... I don't think I really mentioned Hobie very much besides saying about Ego, that he's going to be performing Ego and everybody's going to be partying when we get to see that in concert. Um, he, The only thing I really got to see from his, because I'm behind in a couple of you lives, I didn't get to see him 
Namjoon and Hobie decorating the army bombs, but I did see the part where someone says that it looks like their eight-year-old's crafting skills and how they cracked up over that and laughed. I just wanted to point out that when Hobie <laughs> read that, he smacked Namjoon on the shoulder. <laughs> and it looked like he wanted to do his famous throwing himself on the floor, laughing so hard. You know how he and Jimin both will fall on the floor or fall on a person or fall on another piece of furniture, throw themselves on the ground laughing hysterically? It looked like he wanted to do that, but he couldn't because he had the crafting supplies in his in one hand and his army bomb in another hand. And so he just turned around and like laughed towards the back of his chair. <laughs> it was really cute though. Even with his mask on, he could still see how much like his face and his dimples and his smile was peeking through the corners of that mask. So I wanted to make sure that I mentioned Hobie. Um, they all deserve being mentioned every single time in every single episode, but this one, just because Yoongi is my ultimate bias and he has been really instrumental, no pun intended, in healing up parts of my heart and inspiring me somewhat more than the others in, in many ways. Like, I mean, the, hearts want, the heart wants what it wants, right? And so you can't deny when you feel more of a connection or a thread to somebody. If you feel that more to somebody than someone else. Does that make sense how I'm trying to say this? Like, I can really appreciate and enjoy other artists, but I don't need to feel that... I don't need to feel guilty for not feeling that like, invisible connection to them. And there are tons of us who love each member of BTS. There are tons of us who are biased towards a certain one. Even if we are OT7, we're still biased towards a certain one. There are so many people who are in love with each one of them. Like, not <laughs> There's physical being in love with them physically. There's um, the intellectual that you could be in love with. There's the personality and the cuteness that you could be in love with and the admiration for their music and their talent and their dancing. You know, I get it. Everybody who is attracted to BTS, everybody who is attracted to Suga, I really get it. Um, they really are adorable. They're one of a kind. And when they made Suga, they broke the mold, definitely. Um, when they made each BTS member, they broke the mold. There's no one else like any single one of them. There might be similarities and personality traits that other people have that remind you of of them, but there's no one that's quite like them. You know what I mean? Um, I don't feel like I adequately mentioned Jimin or, I mean, Jin or Jungkook, so sorry about that, but I will definitely be talking about them coming up in other episodes, and thank you guys so much for joining me today. Everybody be safe. Take the best care that you can. Please don't give up if you have something that you want to do and a dream or something you want to pursue. Please don't give up. Um, find a way to do some aspect of your dream, even if it's not on the scale that you would have liked to. Like for me, if I do get to take ballet again as an adult, just to have, just to be able to go to a studio and be formally instructed by someone who trained classical ballet, I will, I will take that opportunity and I will make the best of it and enjoy it and I think it'd be a great way to get stronger and to get conditioned and get in shape. Um, I might, at this point, I might want to steer more towards something like contemporary or modern dance because 
I think that's a lot more free. I think it's a lot more expressive and liberating, you know. With ballet, you have to stay within the same steps. And you could choreograph a routine, but it's not going to be something where you can just abandon everything and just dance and feel whatever your body and your heart and your mind want to feel. Um, luckily with painting, we also don't have to follow rules. And with music, we don't really have to follow rules. You can definitely break rules after you've learned things in art. And I think it's great to have a foundation and also to learn to abandon those rules and just go by what the image is in your mind, what you want to see and what you want to create and what you want to hear or feel. Uh, I could ramble on and on, but thank you guys again for coming. I'm going to leave a link to the new email address where you can send in notes about BTS or you can ask me to talk about a certain thing and if it fits um, something that I'm already able to talk about, then I'll definitely include it in a future podcast episode. I promised I would include an email address for any armies who would like to write messages for me to read in future podcasts. These messages could be anything about how you feel BTS has affected your life. And in the message, please include any social media handles that you would like for people to be able to find you after they listen to the podcast. The email address is lovenotesfromarmy at gmail.com. <laughs>